and welcome back to the A to Z Animal Podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Baratka, and of course, any little bird noises you may hear is my unofficial co-host, Pickle, my canary-winged parakeet. She is very cute, so I recommend checking her out on Instagram at PickleTheCanaryWing. Before we dive in, remember that you can find all my sources linked in the show notes and transcript, which are available on our website, the A to Z Animal Podcast.com, under the Episodes tab. Resources to help this week's animal will also be linked there. Additionally, any ecology terminology that may be used often most likely can be found on our glossary page. I will be defining words that we may not encounter as often in an individual episode. If you have any feedback or recommendations for a letter, feel free to contact me at Mickey Barra or at A to Z Animal Pod on Twitter and Instagram. There is also a form that you can fill out for animal suggestions on our website. Even if we've done that letter, still feel free to submit as hopefully we will get the chance to circle back around. We started with A for Ai, our weird little lemur friend, followed by B for Binturong, the bear cat. And last week we talked about C for Caracal, the desert lynx. Today we move on to an animal with many names, but seeing as we're on the letter D, we will use the most common, Dole. As always, we start with the scientific name, and the Dole's is Quan Alpinus. This name comes from ancient Greek. Quan means dog, and alpinus means mountainous, so their name translates to mountain dog. This makes sense as they are a type of dog and in many areas live in mountainous regions. You may also hear me use the term canid to refer to these dogs, but that just refers to the family canidae, or the family of dog-like animals, of which the dull is a member. And once again, this species is the only member of its genus. Now, I was reading a really fascinating article by Jeremy Hans at The Guardian, and he mentioned something I had never thought about. If we lose the dole, we end up losing an entire evolutionary genus. This is true for our friends the Ai and Binturong as well. And if you know me, you're probably going, Michaela, evolution is like your whole thing. How did you not think about this? And to that I must say, I do not know. For this animal, knowing its scientific name comes in handy, as it goes by a multitude of names, and I mean multitude. The dole also goes by Asiatic wild dog, the red wolf, Indian wild dog, red dog, mountain wolf, and the whistling dog, along with some 40 or so indigenous names. And those names make a lot more sense in the word dole. What does that even mean? Well, um, we don't know. The origins of the word dole are unknown, but the first documented use of the word in English goes back to a soldier in 1808. Thomas Williamson encountered this animal in the Ramgarh district in India and noted that dole was the common local name for the species. Later, in 1828, Charles Hamilton Smith, an English artist, naturalist, antiquary, illustrator, soldier, and spy, claimed that the word dole was derived from a language spoken in various parts of the East. But despite these English stories and claims, we don't actually know what the word means. What we do know is what these dogs look like. As I mentioned, they are part of the Canidae family. So while I'm describing them, it might help to picture your favorite canid and then modify it in your head. Dolls are about 12 to 18 kilograms in weight or about 26 to 40 pounds. They stand 42 to 55 centimeters or about 16.5 to 22 inches tall when measured at the shoulder and are about 88 to 133 centimeters long, which is roughly three feet. Compared to a typical wolf, doles are only about 30 to 50% of that size. 
Keep this in mind when we get to what they hunt, because that makes it all the more impressive. One source I read stated they were roughly the size of a German Shepherd, but visually looked more like a long-legged fox. Which, if you don't know what they look like, look it up, it's so worth it! The color of their fur ranges from charcoal gray to rust red to sandy beige, depending on subspecies and location, and adult doles tend to have long tails and round ears. Sexual dimorphism is not really present in this species, but males tend to be slightly larger and heavier than females. Now, despite closely resembling what we know as a canid, they don't fit into traditional dog subfamilies. This is because they only have two molars on each side of their lower jaw instead of three, and have a relatively shorter jaw compared to their dog counterparts. Now, I just want to point out that this doesn't mean they aren't in the Canine subfamily, because they are, along with all other living dogs. This just means they aren't easily lumped in with other groupings that we have given to dogs, like jackals, painted dogs, or wolves. If you're curious, the dole is most closely related to African painted dogs and the Ethiopian wolf, but they still diverge from each other between 2-3 to three million years ago, making them very distant cousins. Doles are found in Central and East Asia, from Siberia in the north to the Malay Peninsula in the south, and these dogs can occupy a wide variety of climates, including dense forest, scrub, steeps, and alpine regions. During the Pleistocene, which was about 2.5 million years ago to about 12,000 years ago, these dogs could have been found in North America, Europe, and Asia. However, between 12,000 and 18,000 years ago, their range was confined to their native Asia. Despite having a much smaller range today than they did thousands of years ago, doles still maintain a very large territory or home range, typically about 34 square miles or 88 square kilometers. They are able to maintain such a large territory because much like other dogs, they are pack animals, and it's easier to protect a territory as a pack. Additionally, they need a larger home range due to the high food demand of the pack, so they need a larger area to hunt. Now, before we move on to pack dynamics, I want to real quick talk about the subspecies of dole. Historically, there were 10 subspecies of dole recognized, but today there are 7. I'm just going to give the common names for most of these, because let's be real, I can hardly pronounce scientific names. The 7 subspecies of dole include the following. The Burmese dole, which has a reddish coat with short hair on the paws and black whiskers, and is found in northeastern India and south of the Ganges River as well as northern Myanmar. The Yersori doll, or red wolf, which is the nominate subspecies. This just means the subspecies repeats the name of the species. These dogs have a thick tawny red coat, grayish neck, and ochre muzzle, and are found in the east of the eastern Cyan Mountains, eastern Russia, and northeastern Asia. There are three subspecies which are commonly called the Asiatic doll. They are the following. Quan alpinus langier, which has a full yellowish-gray coat with a tail that is not black, but not the same color as its body, and is found in southern Tibet, Himalayan Nepal, Sikkim, Bhutan, and Kashmir. Quan alpinus fumosus has a luxuriant yellowish-red coat with a dark back and gray neck, and is found in western Sichuan, China, and Mongolia, southern Myanmar, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Malaysia, and Java, Indonesia, and Quan alpinus leptoris, which is a uniform red coat with a thick underfur, and is found south of the Yangtze River in China. Then there is the Tian Shine Dole, which has a long yellow tinted coat with white underside and pale whiskers, and is smaller than the Yasuri Dole, with wider skull and lighter colored winter fur, and is found in eastern Russia and China. And finally, the Sumatran or Javan Dole. These dogs have a red coat with dark whiskers, and as their name implies, are found in Sumatra, Indonesia. 
This particular subspecies lives in a highly fragmented range and protected areas of Sumatra and Java. Okay, there you go. Those are the seven subspecies of dole. So, as I mentioned earlier, doles are pack animals, more specifically communal pack hunters, and these packs are typically led by one dominant individual called the lead dog. And these lead dogs may have anywhere between five to ten individuals in their packs, or at least most of the time. Some packs on the larger end have up to 15 individuals. But wait, those aren't even the largest dole packs out there. A super pack, and not the political kind, is a pack with over 30 individuals, and there have been reports of packs of 40, and rumors of a pack with 100 doles. Now, doles are actually incredibly willing to work with individuals outside their pack, so I'm guessing that's where some of these larger numbers come from. Or maybe there's a dog gang war going down in Asia? I don't know. But regardless of pack size, these animals are amazing at working together to hunt, especially since they are incredibly athletic, good swimmers, fast runners, and impressive jumpers, according to the San Diego Zoo. But the pack isn't just good for hunting. They also partake in cooperative breeding. Much like painted dogs, there is one monogamous dominant mating pair, but all the members of the pack contribute to the care and rearing of pups. Now, I also read that there may be multiple breeding females, but I'm assuming this is more common in the larger packs as they have more access to resources. And on the other end of the spectrum, some packs may only have one female to begin with, so they just have one breeding pair. Despite those possible pack dynamic differences, it seems that no matter what, the dominant male is the only one passing on his genetic information, even if it is with more than one female. I also read that pack social dominance hierarchies are not necessarily rigid. This source didn't elaborate on what that meant, but I'm assuming compared to wolves with very clear social hierarchies, doles are more chill about the whole thing. Kind of like how they're willing to work with others outside the pack, not something many animals are willing to do. Another thing that sets doles apart from other canids is the fact that female doles have more teats than the average dog, which allows her to produce up to 12 pups in one litter. If you're wondering how many mammae that may be, it's 16. That being said, just because she can have that many pups does not mean that she does. Typically, a dole litter is about three to four pups. As I mentioned, they participate in cooperative breeding, so the moms don't have to worry about hunting while they're caring for their young. Other pack members may bring food from the hunt to give to the nursing mom and young. Only, they're not just carrying the food around as they make their long journey home after hunting. They're full mama birding the dole mothers. Yeah, that's right. Dolls will bring back food to nursing moms by regurgitating food from their stomachs after hunts. This may seem gross to us, but animals that do this have adapted their digestive systems in a way that they're not just throwing up food for another individual to have. They're holding it there without digesting it. At least, that's how it works with birds. When I looked it up for dolls, Google just wanted to give me sources about GERD, and that is very much a human issue. <laughs> okay, so dolls have babies and everyone ships in. But when do they have the babies? Well, dole breeding season is from September through February, but largely takes place in November and December. This includes two weeks of courting and two weeks of breeding. Female doles will be pregnant or gestating for about 60 to 62 days, and after about three weeks, the babies will start enjoying their share of regurgitated hunt and not just mom's milk. When they're finally old enough to join the main pack, the pups have the first dibs on any kills. At one year old, a dull pup is fully grown, and by three, they have reached reproductive age. At this point, the female pups will leave their pack and join another. It is important that this happens to maintain genetic diversity within the dull population. 
Also, most likely due to the monogamy of the dominant pair, the only chance a female has of reproducing is to go find a pack of her own. In the wild, dolls may live anywhere between 10 and 13 years on average, but in captivity, may live to be 16. Although, as we will discuss in a little bit, keeping dolls in captivity is quite challenging. Now, I keep talking about the fact that these animals are pack hunters, but I have yet to share how and what they hunt. Much like other dogs, Dole will use their keen sense of smell to track down their prey of choice. And this prey can be a multitude of things. Due to their amazing communication skills, Dole packs can hunt prey 50 times the size of an individual. That being said, they may also hunt small games such as monkeys and mouse deer. They use their amazing agility to get the jump on prey of all sizes, and have been documented chasing prey into water in order to slow them down. Remember, dolls are amazing swimmers. When they finally catch a prey, they will swallow the meat in large chunks to carry it back to the pack. What really helps is that the doll have teeth specialized for hypercarnivory. Hypercarnivores are carnivores whose diets are at least 70% meat. The remainder of hypercarnivores' diet may be made of fruit, fungi, or other plant material. Most of the big cats and other canids of the world fit into this category. I want to point out that the dull diet varies depending on location, much like their appearance. In India, dull hunt deer, wild pigs, buffalo, and wild goats. In Southeast Asia, they'll go for deer, guar, and bentang, which is a type of cattle. And in Siberia, dolls will eat deer, wild sheep, and reindeer. Okay, yes, deer is a staple in all three of those lists, but deer are found literally everywhere but Australia and the dole isn't in Australia. In addition to those large prey, and the aforementioned monkeys and deer mouse, doles have been spotted enjoying berries, bugs, lizards, and rabbits. These smaller prey are often caught when individuals hunt alone, which is something they are allowed to do even though they are pack hunters. But typically they opt for the pack hunt as they can get much larger prey, and solo hunting is more of an as-needed event. For the most part, Doles are at the top of the food chain. That doesn't mean that big cats in the area such as leopards and tigers won't enjoy one if they want to, but becoming someone else's prey isn't a major concern for this species. In fact, like many predators, humans are the dole's main adversary. I kind of alluded to this a minute ago, but one of the things that makes the doles amazing pack hunters is the fact that they are amazing communicators. We still have a lot to learn about the communication, but these guys make some weird noises. Primarily, they communicate via an eerie whistling noise. But they don't just make this weird noise. They may also use howls, clucks, screeches, and high-pitched screams, which are not found anywhere else in the canid families. All these sounds combined allow the doles to take down prey several times their size, like tigers. Yes, tigers. And with that, we get into some of my favorite dole facts. Dole packs have been documented hounding and taking down tigers. Do you know how big a tiger is? Males can be anywhere from 200 to 680 pounds, and females can be 140 to 390 pounds. Remember how big a dole is? 26 to 40 pounds. That is about 20 times the size of an individual dole. Not to mention, tigers are literal apex predators. But these doles are determined. They weren't kidding when they said teamwork makes the dream work. Also, when I said they cluck, I mean it. They cluck like a chicken. I'm not even sure we know why they do this other than a means of communication while hunting, but man, I just find the thought of a dog making chicken noises really amusing. Also, that whistling noise they make? Well, it's so unique that scientists can use it to identify individual animals. We can't even do that with birds. It's like an auditory fingerprint. 
And finally, dolls can jump 7 feet or 2.1 meters straight in the air. Now, yes, the caracal could jump higher, but let's remember typically we think of cats as much better jumpers than dogs. So this is still very impressive. Now we get into the sad part of the episode. According to the IUCN Red List, dolls are endangered and their populations are on the decline. It is estimated that only 949 to 2,215 breeding dolls are left in the wild. What is even worse is that they have almost been completely ignored by conservationists, scientists, and the public, and overlooked for leopards and tigers, which, don't get me wrong, are also important that we save, but these animals also play a vital role in our ecosystem. According to Kate Jenkins, a conservation biologist at the Minnesota Zoo, compared to a tiger, a doll is not very sexy. She goes on to claim that this is what has led them to being overlooked for big cats in the area. The fact that they are overlooked for no apparent reason led Jan Kamler to focus on this species at the Wildlife Conservation Research Unit at the University of Oxford. And I hope you feel the same way as Jan and Kate and want to help these amazing dogs. Of course, their major threats are man-made. Not only is deforestation limiting their already small global range, but local perceptions of being problem predators and livestock killers are also leading humans to not wanting to help them. Historically, these animals have been seen as pests of the jungle, Sort of like the western notion of the big bad wolf. But we know from Yellowstone National Park, removing a predator like this could cause a large-scale ecosystem collapse. The big bad wolf, or dole, is vital to the health of numerous ecosystems across Asia. And other than their conflict with humans, disease is also harming their population size. And unfortunately, captive breeding programs are not going to be the solution here. Doles are incredibly tricky to breed and maintain in captivity. Only three zoos in North America have doles in captivity, the San Diego Zoo, Minnesota Zoo, and the Wilds in Ohio. The San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance funds and supports doll conservation efforts in Southern Asia, and are involved in detailed studies at learning more about the communication of doles in the wild. And while the National Zoo here in the States does not have any in captivity, they do have conservation efforts in Southeast Asia aimed at helping these canines. I have linked several dull conservation efforts on our website, including Oxford's Wildlife Conservation Research Unit, or Wildlife CRU, the National Zoo, Minnesota Zoo, San Diego Zoo, the Dull Conservation Fund, the World Land Trust, and a roadmap to dull conservation in India from Conservation India. Despite the growing number of conservation efforts for these dogs, they are still widely neglected at large by the public. People would rather save the tigers because they have been taught about the big cats since childhood. But we need to change that. So please tell your friends about the dole. They are amazing animals, and while I feel I've said it a hundred times at this point, we cannot lose them. I mentioned the article from The Guardian, and while it's from 2015, I found it incredibly helpful in researching this week's episode. I have linked it on our website, and I highly recommend you read it if you're interested in why these dogs have so long been neglected by those claiming to save our wildlife. I hope you enjoyed learning about these amazing dogs with me, and we'll stick around for next week's episode. Feel free to follow at A to Z Animal Pod on Instagram and Twitter for updates about upcoming episodes. And if you made it this far, please feel free to give me some feedback, be it over social media or email. All my contact information can be found on the A to Z Animal What do you think I did well? What topic did you think I glossed over too fast? Do you want longer episodes? Shorter episodes? 
Any feedback is so highly appreciated as I am brand new to hosting a podcast and know there are probably a million things I could improve on. Thank you so much for listening to the A to Z Animal Podcast. I'm Michaela Baratka, and I hope you'll tune in next time as we move on to the letter E for European mink, a critically endangered species. Have a great day and stay safe.